Off Church. We are so happy that you decided to join us this morning. My name is Karen. My name is Abby. Glad you guys all here. We also have kids services available. You go to studywell.church backslash Sunday. The link will be right there. You can click on it. Have services for your kids as well as Also, if you're new to the online church, we'd love to engage with you. You can come and see us on Facebook and YouTube. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. Click the bell so that we have notifications every week. Goodbye. I'm guessing, well, I'm not guessing, I know. To you, you love flowers. I do love How you plan to celebrate. Good morning and welcome back for week three of the series Love Out Loud. We are so happy to see you here today. Uh, happy Valentine's Day as well. Uh, we hope Day. you enjoy celebrating that day, whatever it looks like for you. <laughs> if you have kids and you're looking for something for them to do this morning, as well as being here with us, we have services for them as well. You can go onto our website, which is 
citywell.church backslash Sunday. And there's a link right there where they can go ahead and join into a service and learn some things about God and just learn along the same lines as what we are as well. Yeah, so today we want to know how we can pray for you as well. If you could uh, either send us a message via Facebook Messenger and or text the 610-590-8550, we would love to pray alongside you if there's anything um, that you need us to pray with you or for you about. Um, please definitely reach out to us. We love to hear from everyone. Um, also, if you're new here, you can also text that same phone number, new 610-590-8550. And if you're here and joining us for the second, third, fourth time, go ahead and just text here to 610-590-8550 and let us know. All right, I can pray us into worship here. Dear Holy Father, just thank you for today and uh, just pray that you'd bless the words that are going to be spoken today to our bot to us and that uh, they're all words of encouragement and just pray that uh, you can be blessed by the worship that we're about to partake in as well. In the name we pray. Amen. All I want 
Happy Valentine's Day. We are so glad you're joining us here on City Well's live stream this morning. My name is DJ Grick. I'm the founding pastor of City Well Church. And uh, we're a church right now that's meeting online only, and we have plans uh, to move in person soon. And we'd love to talk to you more about that. If you're interested in learning more about what we're doing, where we're going, anything to do with City Well, we'd love to talk. So just reach out to us on whatever channel you find us on. We'd love to uh, talk more and get to know you and share the vision of City Well with you. But today we're in week three of a four-week series and we're calling it Love Out Loud. And I have to tell you, this week's verse, as I really dug in and studied it, I'm like, man, this verse is weird. And we're going to actually today, we're going to kind of change from normal. Normally we look at verses and we use the NIV translation. And there's lots of translations out there, but we've been using NIV up until now. But today we're going to look at NASB just because NIV missed something. Uh, I wanted to show you about the weirdness of this verse, but it's 1 John 2. 
Uh, we're going to start in verse 12 and go through 14. Here, here it says, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing to you, children. I have written to you, children, I'm sorry, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. So like I said already, this verse, as I studied it, I'm like, this is weird. The first weird thing about it is John kind of changes the rhythm that he's writing, he, he becomes rhythmic and almost poetic in what he's doing. He doesn't actually rhyme at all, even in the original language, but there's a cadence to it. And beyond that, partway through, I don't know if you saw it in NASB, he changes tenses. He goes from I am writing to I have written. And that, that's not in the NIV, they don't show it, but N NASB and a few other translations do. In this series, we're walking verse by verse by verse through the book of 1 John. And uh, the easy solution with verses like this that are weird is just skipping over them. And But our goal with every message we bring is first for it to be biblical and then for it to hold your attention and be applicable to life. So this verse really would have been easier to just gloss over because it's weird and we have to deal with some of those different things. And to dig into them and understand them, maybe it might get into some stuff that people will start mentally checking out. Hold on, just hold on. We'll try to keep it brief, get you to understand the, the weirdness and the different translation problems, and then uh, we'll get into how to actually apply it to our life. The first problem is understanding the tense change. Like why, why did this go from I have to I, from I am to I have, from past or present tense to past tense? And what's the deal here? And in Greek and in that time, if I was writing a letter to you, I could write that letter in present tense or past tense. It's weird that he changes tenses partway through, but he in Greek, you're allowed. So right now, if I were to sit down and I'm starting to write you a letter, if I'm thinking about you reading that letter, I'm going to write the letter in past tense because it's present tense when you read it. So it's past tense when I wrote it. That, that's why in Greek you were allowed to write past or present. It is weird that he switched, but it's not completely unheard of. It's not that big of a deal. Then the bigger struggle though, and the thing that really trips people up, scholars up, is deciding who is John writing to? Like who are each of these groups that he's talking to? Who are the children? Who are the fathers? Who are the young Men. And interpretation number one is an age-based interpretation. It's just, in my mind, this is the least plausible option. But it's just saying John's writing to three different age groups of people. He's writing to the children that are in the church. He's writing to the fathers that are in the church. And he's writing to the young men in the church. And it's an overly simplistic look at it. And it doesn't really line up with what he's saying. Option number two is uh, was presented that all Christians are operating in all three of these. So every reader of 1 John, he assumes is either is currently a child, a father, and a young man all at the same time. And they make the argument that each understanding our position in each of them helps us understand how we live out our faith 
well. And there, there's definitely some validity in that. Option number three is stages of spiritual growth. So this would be that he's writing to three different groups of people who are developing in their faith and growing in their faith. And the struggle with inter interpreting this as spiritual growth is the order that John writes. He, he, his order's wrong. He says children, and then he says fathers, and then he says young men. So many scholars will make the argument that this, it can't be st stages of spiritual growth because the order is wrong. So full disclosure, the stages of growth is my preferred understanding of this passage. I believe it lines up the best with the rest of what we see in scripture that we do walk through different stages in our spiritual growth. We walk through different seasons as believers. We, we, when we're new believers, we're children. When we're, uh, we've developed, we're serving as fathers. We're seasoned believers training other people. And then in between, there's young men who are maturing in their faith. And this isn't an interpretation of this particular passage. I wouldn't like fervently argue for the validity of my view. I'm not going to get into a fight or arm wrestling match with somebody over it, but I think it lines up with the rest of scripture. And maybe you're wondering right now, like you're, you're newer to the faith or you're checking out Christianity and you're like, wait, 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 you're, you don't understand exactly how to interpret this passage, but we're going to look at it. And yeah, yeah, there are going to be verses that we don't understand, and there's going to be verses even and subjects we we mess up our understanding from the Bible. That that happens, and that's why we have so many denominations and so many different churches and so many theological views when it comes to studying Scripture. Because there's stuff on this side of the eternity we're just not going to get. Here's what's important, though: you need to. We have to say, okay, there's some things that are non negotiable. When we look at scripture, it is non-negotiable that Jesus is the only source for salvation. The work he did on the cross is the only way to get a right standing with God. And as soon as somebody steps away from that, they're stepping outside of the realm of biblical Christianity. But there are the things that we won't understand on this side of eternity. So what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to study them. We're going to talk about them. Sometimes we're going to agree to disagree on some different things and different issues as they come up in the Bible. But none of the, the minor theological interpretation issues on the, these different verses, none of them change the core message of the gospel, the core message of the Bible, the message of Jesus. So John, he writes to children, he writes to fathers, he writes to young men. And the order's wrong, Right. Children, fathers, young men. Why would that order be wrong? Here's my completely unsubstantiated by any commentary or theologian theory on this. And full disclosure again, this is this is DJ theory. Uh, there's nobody backing me on this. I, if as I read it, I think okay, John's saying, hey, children, we want you to become fathers, but to become fathers, you need to first become young men. Children, you know the gospel. But for you to mature to a deep relationship with the one who's from the beginning, you're going to have to go through some stuff. You're going to have to win some battles against the evil one. I, that, that's the most plausible argument I can come up with. But again, that's DJ. That's not, that's not scripture and that's not theologians. But I do believe John is laying out a process. And I, 
I'm not alone on that. There, the, there's many other people who say this is process-based interpretation. There's, you can be a child, a young man, or a father in the faith. And we see a similar process in other areas in Scripture. Jesus actually walks his disciples through a process that matches this really well. See, Jesus, he spends, spends some time with a couple of guys who eventually become his disciples. And that day he just says, hey, come and see. Come and see who I am. Come and see what it's about. Come and see what it's like to follow me. But after they spent the day with him, when we get to John 1, 43, Jesus comes to him and looks him in the eye and says, now follow me. Follow me. It was an invitation into relationship with him. But they're new. They're fresh. They're immature. They're just figuring all of this out. They follow him for a time. He comes back to that same group of guys at a later time. They're out fishing. And he says, you know what? He said, follow me. But I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's from, that's from Matthew 4, 19. He just took the relationship with them deeper. Now they're not just following Jesus. Now they're on a mission. They have responsibility. They're set up to go into battle against the evil one. Then, as we get towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he comes to this, the same group of guys again. This time, he's, he doesn't say, follow me. He says, go and bear much fruit. It's, it's John 15, 16. They moved from follower now to leader. They've moved from young men, from apprentice to mentor or father. Now these guys are still following Jesus, but they were also being called now to go and lead other people, to go and bear much fruit. So let's take some time and look at each of these steps of spiritual development. And I'd encourage you today, assess where are you at? Which of these are you and what step do you need to take to continue to move your faith forward? The first is children. This is a new believer. This is an immature believer. Now's a pretty good time to say that it is fully possible to follow Jesus for a long time and never mature in your faith. Because let's be honest, the position of child is the most comfortable. Children have people serve them. They can be as eye-focused as they want. Their faith can be all about what's in it for them. Their church attendance. When, when somebody's a new believer, when somebody's a child in their faith, they come to church to get something out of it because they need that. Worship services are all about what they're gonna get because they're depending on other people for their faith to develop. And there is nothing wrong with being a child in the faith. It is awesome to be a child in the faith, but there comes a day when you need to start to learn to feed yourself, to take care of yourself, figuratively speaking. Children need to at some point move out of their parents' house and start taking care of themselves. John says he writes to the children for two reasons. First, because their sins have been forgiven. And second, because they know the Father. Both of those things point back to their identity. They've been forgiven. They know God. They're in the process of becoming a child of God, of growing in their being a child of God. And in the process of going from child to young adult, the most important thing they can do is figure out their identity in Christ. Who are you in Christ? 
Now, how do we grow in our identity in Christ? One of the things is just being involved in that local church. Because early on, you do need the people around you to support you and help you grow and help feed you and walk you through the early steps. Even an upgrade from that is getting involved in a life group, having people you meet with regularly who that's your tribe. Those are your people and they are speaking life into you and helping you walk through the early steps of your faith. Huge in growth. The other thing that's big is studying scripture. Getting into studying scripture for yourself even. And right now, uh, if you're like, I, I need to develop my identity in Christ. If you text the word identity, identity to 610-590-8550, we'd love to just send you a resource just to help you study identity in Christ for yourself. It's just, it's a, it'll be a PDF. If you print it out, it's one page front and back and just helps you see all of the different things scripture has to say about your identity in Christ so that you can look at that yourself and continue to move forward and grow. But we go from children to young men. Now, another term you can use for young men are workers. They're no longer I-oriented. Once you become a young man, you become we-oriented, or even a young woman. It's we-oriented. We can do this together. We can move the mission forward. We can make an impact in people's lives. John says he writes to young men, young men because they have overcome the evil one. In other words, trials have come. They overcame. Temptation has come. They overcame. They saw other people trapped, separated from God. And they came alongside of them and said, let me introduce you to the only one that can bring you freedom, and that is Jesus. And beyond overcoming the evil one, John says the young men are strong and the word of God abides in them. They are learning scripture. Young men and young women in their faith, they don't just wait for Sunday morning for a pickup of scripture. They are opening their Bible and getting into it regularly themselves to grow in their knowledge and understanding of God. And for young men or young women, the biggest thing they need to grow and continue, if you're in that position, the biggest thing you need is ministry opportunities. You need the opportunity to use the gifts God's put in you to serve others. You need the chance to gather some people together, maybe who don't know Christ yet or are children in their faith, and you start helping them along in the process. You need the chance to serve on a team and serve with other people. So long-term, we're gonna use the growth track to help people Identify the gifts God's put in you and get you plugged into a team. Right now, though, in this online season, in the pre-physical launch season, we'd love to work with you one-on-one to help you figure that out. If you're ready to start doing something with your faith to serve other people, to show the love of Christ to them, I'd love for you right now just to text the word TEAM to 610-590-8550. We want to help you get involved, help you start serving people. And for, our, for people who are already on our launch team, maybe you're saying, I need to do more. I need to serve more. I need to take a bigger role in this. Just let us know. Reach out and let us know. We, we're every week working to get more organized and prepared so that we can equip you to do whatever God's calling you to do. So just reach out and let us know. So we go children, young men, then fathers. Another term I'd use for fathers is disciple maker. 
These are people who know who they are in Christ. They have seen great ministry wins, and then now they're leading young men and young women who are also seeing ministry wins. Their impact has become exponential. As leaders of leaders, every time a father invests in someone, their investment is multiplied because that person is going to invest in other people the same way. They're no longer we-oriented. The father has become others-oriented. The father doesn't need credit. They don't need people to recognize what they're doing. They celebrate the wins of the people they're raising up to come after them. And John says that the fathers have known him who's from the beginning. They have a deep faith in Jesus that's helped them get to the place where they're at. But here's the thing about fathers. There aren't many of them. Not many people make it here because it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require laying down pride. It's going to require handing off opportunities to other people. To look to the next generation of Christians and say, hey, you run with this one. Fathers of the faith, they don't need to be pastors. They don't need to be ministry leaders. Sometimes we think like, oh, to be that, to make it there, you have to work for a church. And that's not the case at all. Fathers of the faith are just people who are faithful, serving God where they are consistently over time. Father could be a small group leader that now has trained up their replacement and they hand it off the reins and they sit back and they're just a quiet coach. Can be a ministry team member even who, who serves the leaders by serving the people on the team with them. Just consistently saying, I'm going to help train and equip the other people who I serve along with. As a youth pastor, I had a guy on my team who, uh, this is how I think of him when I think of him. He was with us for years and years and he had decades more experience in youth ministry than I did. And the kids loved him and the other leaders loved him. But the thing is, he loved me and he believed in me and he cheered me on and told me. He told me when he disagreed with me, but it was private. Publicly, no one ever knew. And he was just the, the father in the faith role within that ministry to me. Fathers need to make sure that they never stop chasing after wisdom. That's the thing. Fathers can't ever quit chasing wisdom. Because when, when they're that, there are people looking to you and following you and counting on your words, then they need to come from a position of principle that is incredibly important. We can't miss that. So what group are you in? Are you a child? Are you newer in your faith? Just getting things figured out. You love Jesus, but you need some other people to help you follow him. Maybe you're, you're a young man. You're growing, you're maturing, you're starting to feed yourself and you're serving other people. Or maybe you're a father. You've seen success and now you're seeing success in others. You're chasing after wisdom so that you can lead a future generation of Christian influencers. Maybe you're none of them. Maybe you're someone who scripture would say needs to be born again. And that phrase, it's one that's not all that popular anymore. Like born again, Christian. But it's popular culture. It's not a popular phrase. But it comes from Jesus and a conversation he had. And he just said, you need a new life. You need God to give you a new 
life. It doesn't matter what mistakes you made. It doesn't matter what failures you had. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. Jesus says, I want to make you a child of mine because God loves you. His plan's always been for you to have a relationship with him. And it's sin that separated you from God. And often, as we fall into different sins, we create cycles that push us further and further away from God, even as we try to crawl our way back. And no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we do, no matter how much we give, no matter how much we serve, we can never fix the divide. We don't have the power. So Jesus offers us a right standing with God through the work he did. He lived the sinless life. He died on the cross and he rose again so that we can have a right standing with God. And all we have to do is accept the offer he makes. And when we do that, that new life starts immediately and it lasts for all eternity. So maybe today, the step you need to take is to do what Matthew 18.3 says. It's where Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you can't come to him. All you have to do is say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. Jesus, I accept the work you did on my behalf. If you have kids, you totally get this because your kids have made messes bigger than they can clean up on their own. I know my kids make messes bigger than they can clean up on their own all the time. They're like, I need your help. That's all we're doing. God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Come and start this relationship with me. Just, just tell him you're ready. And in that moment, you become a child of God and start growing in your faith. Now, what's this all have to do with love out loud? Well, here's the deal. When for us to have love, to have true love that's going to change the world, that's going to impact people's lives, it flows out of God's love for us. Once we understand his love for us, we, once we understand our identity in Christ, we start to love other people. And that, that love helps us grow, helps us see successes, helps us overcome some different attacks of the evil one, helps us, oh, and... Maybe we're, we're afraid, like, oh, well, if I show love to that person, they're going to reject me or hurt me anyway. And we go, well, it doesn't matter. God loved me even when I was rejecting him. And we continue to show love to those people. And you start impacting lives. And as you impact lives, there's that old saying that hurt people hurt people. We've seen that. You've seen it. I've seen it. But I believe the opposite is true also. Healed people help people. So as you're growing in your faith, you're pouring out your love on, on people, here's what's going to happen. They start loving other people. And it's going to trickle down. As you grow in your faith and you're showing love to people, they're going to show love to people who are going to show love to people who are going to show love to people. And we're gonna, you're going to exponentially multiply the power of God's love. That's what we want to do. That's why we're growing in our faith. That's why we want to develop other people. Because it's not just about us. It's about loving others the way Christ did and impacting this world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus and thank you for who you are and all that you do. We thank you for your love for us, that you were willing to step in, 
even as we have rejected you, and create the path back to, back to you. We thank you also that you have given us a purpose here on this earth, that we can love people, that the love you have for us, we can let flow out to others. Pray that you help us do that and help us identify and take the steps of faith that we need to this week. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the sermon. That was number three of Love Out Loud. We do have one more week of the Love Out Loud series, and then we are starting a new series at the... 28th, I believe, the last Sunday of February. Um, so make sure to join us and join in for that one as well. Um, and yeah, thank you again for joining us today. If you're choosing to put your faith in Jesus Christ, or if you are leaning towards that decision, you can go ahead and text the word Jesus to 610-590-8550. Somebody would be more than willing to speak with you and help you make that decision or help you go through the process of making that decision. That's right. Yeah. So we'd love to hear uh, from you if you are re-accepting or this, you're new to this, um, accepting Jesus and going through the process that we understand that can be hard, um, but we would love to help you through that. Uh, also, if you would like to invest in the community of Coatesville alongside CityWell um, and you support our mission statement and what we're here to do, we, you have the opportunity to give either through the app or you can go online to citywell.church uh, and click, click the give option there as well. Um, if you feel led to do that, we greatly appreciate all the support um, that we have to reinvest in the community of Coatesville. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the sermon today. We hope you guys have a great week and a great Valentine's Day, and we hope to see you next week. See you next week.